0: Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi, and you're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Nicole Jansen. She's a transformational leadership coach and podcast host. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks for having me here, Regilene. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from? Sure.
1: So I am originally from actually from Canada And now I live down in sunny Southern California in uh, San Diego. And I am a, as you mentioned, I'm a transformational leadership coach, a podcast host. I actually also coach entrepreneurs and leaders to make a greater impact,
0: uh, to be better, do better and make a greater impact in the world. I love it. Now, tell us a little bit more about your company and what inspired you to launch your company so it's
1: been kind of an inter- iteration of it so um i started out when i was very young i started out in an entrepreneurial family my parents owned businesses franchises and so forth and then they got started in a home based business as well and so i uh, had the opportunity to see it firsthand what it was like to have a business and what did you, you know all the different aspects of that and i actually got very much involved in that business with them, and uh, and it was a it was a great great experience. I started my own business when I was 16 years old, and then developing a very successful eight figure business. And um, that business, I thought that's what I was going to do the rest of my life, and then it fell apart for a series of reasons, and and uh, and I was left with really asking myself the question like. What am I going to do now? And so that's where I started asking questions like, what am I here for? Who am I? What am I here for? You know, what do I have to offer? What's my purpose? And through that uh, series of questions, I discovered that I love helping people uh, win, to succeed, to thrive. And as I dug into that, I realized that it's really about helping people to be who God created them to be. And so I started a company called Discover the Edge in 2005. Uh, that was initially designed to help people to play to their strengths and focus on personality dynamics because that was how they could understand themselves and be the best that they could be. And that quickly evolved into business coaching as I was working with uh, leaders and their teams. I started to see that there was a lot more that I could offer them as a uh, an organization from my experience in running businesses and um, in helping a lot of other businesses along the way just you know, family, friends, businesses, whatever. So um, it evolved into business coaching. And then in 2015, it took a next evolution, if you will, of uh, when I started the podcast, Leaders of Transformation, of really focusing in on not just the transformation and the inner transformation, but being a leader of transformation in the world and focusing more and more on leadership. What does it mean to be a great leader and a leader that transforms the world around them. So uh, that's that's kind of how I got to where I am today, and I've loved it. It's been an incredible journey. I love it. Now,
0: tell us more about leadership fractures. Wow!
1: Well, so I got to experience it firsthand. <laughs> so that's how it became near and dear to my heart. Because uh, when we had that business, uh, we were it was very successful. We were in business with people, however, that had a a different motive in mind than we did. We were very mission-driven, you know, helping up other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And uh, you know, as the as the the volume of of revenue and the success and the accolades and all of the the notoriety, if you will, came, um, the people that we were in business with really leaned more into the. The ego and the the wanting the credit and all of that, and their leadership style became quite toxic. And so, um, and and on our side, taking full responsibility, we were not equipped as leaders to navigate through that. Really, to understand how to navigate through that effectively, and so that's why the business fell apart. And so, I see it a lot um, in organizations and the leaders that I work with. Is that a lot of times. Uh, leaders have a great vision. They have a plan. They may be a high performer. They want, you know, they they can inspire people to follow them. But what's really important are some things that are fundamental, uh, even when we're leading ourselves or leading others. Um, the, the, the more people that you have an influence over, the, of course, the greater the impact and the greater the responsibility that you have. And so integrity is very, very important. You know, that, that's where I find that a lot of leadership fractures actually happen because, um, because people are not leaders, are uh, not staying true to themselves. They're not staying true. And in fact, there was a, one of my guests on the show... He wrote a book and he did a lot of research studying leaders around the world. And the research shows that over, was like over 70% of C-suite, like high level leaders do not know their purpose. They do not know their own identity and who they really are. And so when we don't know who we are, then if we don't know what we stand for, we'll fall for anything. And so integrity is really important. And um, I find right now, Because a lot of times what we've gotten our identity from, and we can talk more about identity uh, in detail, but um, we get our identity a lot of times from things, the world teaches us to get our identity from things that are external to us. So it is the accolades, it is the accomplishments, it's how much money do you have in your bank account, how many toys you have, uh, what associations you're part of, and all of that is wonderful, but that is not where we find our identity and, and that's not where what is going to um, because those things come and go, as I've experienced in my life, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's health, even those things come and go. And so if we have our if we have our trust and our faith and our identity and our integrity in things that are external and they're and they're temporary, then we have we have shaky ground that we're operating on. And right now. There is a leadership crisis going on of people that are not clear on who they are. They're not clear on their purpose. They're not clear on their assignment in this world. Um, they're, they're basing it on what they call my truth. The, the my truth is like, this is my truth and that's your truth. The problem is, is everybody's operating from their truth and their truth is not necessarily the same as the truth. And so it creates um, it creates disconnects and fractures all over the place. And so I think that's why I'm so passionate about coming back into alignment. And for me, that is God's word. That is the Bible. Coming back into alignment with timeless principles that work. That is the rock on which I stand. And from that place, I can build. Am I going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Am I going to make mistakes? All the time. And yet I have something to go back to as a point of reference that, um, you know, that I can, that I can build upon, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, ma'am. That's right. It's so important to know who you are and whose you are. Very powerful message. Now you are a transformational coach. What does transformation mean to you and where can an individual begin to transform their lives?
1: So for me, transformation is really about, you know, changing one thing and transforming it into something entirely different. It is not It is not about repackaging the old into something that looks new and it's pretty on the outside, but it is the same on the inside. It is truly a transformation at the core. And there's lots of kind of transformation. I mean, you can have digital transformation. Companies can digitally transform, and that's all great. The transformation that I focus on is the inner transformation that's going on um, within us. And so it's transforming specifically the way people see themselves, others, and the world around them. And so if they see themselves as, as uh, limited, if they see themselves as a victim, if they see themselves as I can't do this, and they focus on what they can't do, or they focus on their past, they're going to be limited. uh, And they, they focus on the lies, really, this is like, these are lies that we've learned over the years, you know, we learned it as a As kids, sometimes it may have been somebody who said something or maybe it was kids that made fun of you or a parent or a teacher or whatever. We learn these lies. We make meanings of things that happen in our lives as well. And if we, you know, if we um, believe those lies, it's going to limit our joy. It's going to limit our effectiveness um, in life and our fulfillment in life. And so, um, so the transformation begins there is transforming the way we see ourselves. Who does God say that we are? If you want to know the purpose of a thing, if you want to know the nature of a thing, you ask the one that created it. And so when we ask God and we say, God, who did you, who do you say that I am? Who did you create me to be? And from that place, then we can also see others differently. Because if I realize that I'm created fearfully and wonderfully made, if I am loved, if I am, you know, understand that I am blessed, that I am a new creation, all of that, that I'm, that I'm valuable, that I'm necessary, that I'm chosen, then I'll also be able to see others as that as well. But if I can't see that for myself, I will not be able to see that for anyone else either. And so the lens in which we see ourselves is the lens in which we will see the world around us. It'll be the lens in which we see others, of course, as well. And so it's really important to to make sure that we have a clear picture of who we are so that we can see all that's going on around us and and really see the opportunity and the abundance and the blessings that are all around us.
0: Very powerful. Now, you lost your eight figure business and learn how to have a resilient mindset. Talk to us a little bit more about how you learned to maintain a resilient mindset.
1: So, yeah, I mean, be honest. The first thing that happened, of course, was like, why me? Why us? We're <laughs> we good people. Why did this happen? So there. Let's be fair. There was a there was a pity party that happened. Okay, I, uh, we may have been the only ones. My parents and I being the only ones that showed up, but we did have uh, our own little pity party on that. But once once it got past that, um, and one of my favorite questions is kind of like, okay, so what now? What? So this happened. What am I gonna do with this? And too often we get stuck in the what happened and we make a story about it. We, we own it. we take it on as a piece of clothing. It's like that's who I am. We can actually get our identity from adversity and, and a lot of a lot of times people do. In fact, I, I think at some at some level I did for a while where I I got my identity from adversity. The greater the challenge, the greater the victory. Okay, let's make it harder. You know, and the harder it is, the better it's going to be on the other side. And I actually got stuck and fell in love with the challenge. But when I stopped and actually sat sat back and asked myself, okay, so what? Now what? This happened. What do I learn from this? Every experience in our life, I believe that God doesn't waste an experience. He certainly doesn't waste a painful experience. And you know, story, right? It's like God doesn't waste those experiences. He's going to teach us through those experiences. I don't think He I don't think he puts those experiences on us and says, here, I'm going to give this one a difficult thing to experience and a, Hey, I want them. Cause that would be like a sick joke, right? Like a, a good father doesn't do that to their children. And yet, but at the same time, he allows certain things so that we can learn and grow and be everything that we're called to be, you know, and, and prepare, it prepares us for our assignment. Uh, and so for me, it was really about asking myself the question and saying like, okay, what am I learning through this? So what now? What What am I going to do with this? This happened. Got it. It sucked. Got it. It was horrible. It, You know, painful. All of those things. Okay. Where do I go from here? Am I going to stay here? Am I going to camp out here? Or am I going to move forward? I'm young. I'm in my mid to late 20s. I have my whole life ahead of me. Am I going to let this determine the trajectory of my life in a negative way? Am I going to... Am I going to get stuck here or am I going to move forward? And that to me was the starting point of starting to realize, wow, you know what? I actually learned a lot through. It. In fact, I learned so much on the way up and I learned even more on the way down. I learned more on the way down as our business was imploding than I ever learned on the way up because, you know, when things are going good, it's like you don't really need to learn. You don't have to stretch yourself, to figure out what the heck is going on because you're like, Hey, it's good. It's comfortable. I'm happy. Everything's good. Just keep it going the way it is. But when things are going south, that's when we dig in. We either dig in to anchor ourselves in the pain, or we dig in to seek to
0: learn the lesson so that we can move forward. Amen. Speaking of challenges, you've recently overcome divorce and now you're remarrying the same person. Talk to us a little bit more about when you made the decision to do so.
1: Well, yeah, that's an interesting, uh, interesting story. It's a, it's, you know, I, when I, when I got married to him um, it's kind of funny because we got married pretty quickly. I had known him for a few years and uh, we had met at a conference and stayed in touch loosely and, uh, and then reconnected. And then it was like, just all happened really fast. And then we got married and I remember Um, really praying and saying, God, if this is the right thing to do, then, you know, then show me. And if it's not, I'll walk right out of here and, you know, and and move on with my life uh, single. And I really felt at peace that it was the right thing to do. And I uh, so we got married and it was great for the first little while. And then it wasn't. And uh, and then we had a series of uh, it was a very bumpy ride. For the next number of years, and ultimately, uh, we started the divorce process. I said, "Look, I understand. I respect your dis- choices. I respect, you know, your actions. I love you, but I respect, you know, what you've chosen for your life." And so we uh, were going to get divorced. And then we got back together, and then thought it was going to be great, and you know everything was going great until it wasn't. And then we ended up getting divorced. And I, at that point, I had been in such a journey even if, in fact, in the beginning when it started to, because he had wanted out of the relationship and uh, in the beginning. And um, and so I, I actually, it was a real gift to me. This is a perfect example of adversity, um, having a, a, a seed or, of greater opportunity or gift in there because um, I thought I was confident. Most people would have said, hey, Nicole looks confident. She's great, you know, successful and so forth. I'd rebuilt a business and everything. Um, but deep inside, I had an insecurity. I, I did not really fully accept myself. And so I was still striving for the, for the external validation. I was still leaning too much on that. And when everything came crumbling down and I, I was, uh, you know, deemed as not enough, if you will, and it really hit me hard. And so, um, I got an opportunity to learn through that process and, um, and really dig dig deep, like I was talking about, really dig deep into who am I? And even deeper level than I had done previously before, it was more from a career standpoint, who am I? And now it was at the core of who I am is who am I? Without all of that, you know, without, you know, without taking taking it all, stripping it all down, who am I? And do I love myself for who I am? And I got to that point of self-worth of realizing that I am who I am and that I love myself for who I am, that I that no one, nothing anybody says can add value or take away value from me because God gave me the value because he's the one who created me. And so with that, and this is part of your question, has to do with your question is with that, I was able to forgive him for his choices, the things that he did that were uh, hurt, that, that caused me hurt or that I interpreted as being very hurtful. It was a difficult season. Uh, we don't need to go all the details. But the point is, is that I got to that point, because God showed me when I when I sought him, rather than seeking advice from friends who had been through it, or, you know, what, it, what the what they say on the TV or whatever in secular space, I actually went to God and I said, what do I do with this? You know that, you know, I got married for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, till death do us part. And that's not, doesn't seem like that's going to be an option here. What do I do with this? And he encouraged me, actually. I spent seven hours at the beach one day and uh, I was just sitting there waiting. I'm like, God, I want to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I need to hear what do I do in this? difficult situation he is outwardly rejecting me and um i don't know what to do with it and he said after seven hours it was quiet he didn't say anything until all of a sudden it was just like i was journaling and it wasn't like an audible voice it was you know it's like an an inner knowing an inner conversation and he said to me love your husband and i thought how do i do that when he doesn't want that um he doesn't want that love and so um that led me on this journey of like really seeking like what does it mean to love someone even when they're rejecting you even when they're hurting you and I thought initially it was because one day he was going to come back and that's what I was working towards but over a period of about 18 months I realized that that exercise that he would given me to do is to love him no matter what and to send him love even if it was just energetically because he would refuse to to talk to me was actually healing my heart, was expanding my capacity to love. And that was really transformative for me and a huge aha to the point I got to where I could could bless him. I could wish him all the best, even in another relationship or whatever he was going to do and accept it for what it is no matter what happened and what it you know and what it meant for me so um that was really the turning point for me in our relationship now we ended up getting divorced yes um and then he actually ended up coming back and i i was like settled i was like i love you last thing i said to him um you know as as i was as we were the last time i saw him at that point is i said i love you and i respect your decision And so um, with that in mind, I just had peace about it. I just left it in God's hands. And he was the one who came back. Um, both the second time and also the, 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 he actually, he sought me out the first time too. Um, but he sought me out in, in this last time where he came back and he just said, Hey, I want, you know, I want to apologize. First of all, he actually just came to apologize. And then we started having this conversation. I see the growth that had happened in him. And so, um, I was a little wary initially, just kind of like, Oh, do I want to go there? I kind of spent so much time kind of getting closure with it. Um, but I also recognized in that I could help, couldn't help, but, but recognize what God was actually doing in that, in that, in that, in him and in us and in that situation. And so I just was like, God, I've trusted you this whole time. You've never led me astray. And so I'm going to trust you in this. And so I would just continue to pray every single time we would, before we would meet or we would talk, I would pray about it. I'm like, God, what, what, what is this? What are we doing here? If you want me to walk away, again, that question is like, you want me to walk away from this, I'll walk away if it's not the right thing. I'm here, you and I are walking through this life together, you know, and, and you're the lover of my soul, you're number one in my life. And so if this is to be part of, if he's to be part of my life, and we're supposed to walk this out together, then great. But if not, it's fine. Whatever is the best, you, sh- you know the best, you know, and so just show me what you want me to do in this and so that was, it was really about surrendering to what God was doing and in the process of surrendering. I was able to, ex- and we have been able to experience such an incredible healing and restoration. And yes, we are getting remarried and it's awesome. And we have a community around us and it's just, it, you know, if people that are just, Um, He's getting to know people in the church that I was going with. And just there's so many parts of this story that are just God things that you you just cannot make up and you cannot orchestrate. And uh, it is only because of love of God that this is even possible. The love of God in me years ago to to work that out for myself. And then most recently, the love of God, because the only reason why he was able to even love me was because he got to the point of loving himself. And when he got to the point of really loving himself, then he had the capacity to love another person. And now it's gone even beyond where he he's just had such an expansive love, not just for me, first of all, for God, and then for me, but also for others. And it's just,
0: it's so awesome to see it. Amen. I love it. Trust God. Very important. Now talk to us more about identity, person. Purpose and
1: assignment? So last, uh, was it in October? Um, I, well, first of all, last year I did a webinar in January, February and did it with a few other ladies. It was a inspired, uh, concept that God gave, um, gave us, gave me, um, had to lead it up through a prayer conversation, a prayer call that we had. And it was on identity, discovering your identity in Christ and uh, just even p- preparing for that was really a, a, such a eye-opening learning experience for me and through that um, I started to have more and more conversations around this idea of identity and what God was revealing to me through that and it was a four-part webinar series that we did um, and then last fall i was invited to speak at this um spiritual warfare conference actually and i had been invited many months before so i was preparing i had all these notes and everything and uh i had all these notes but it was like not coming together you know I mean, you speak for you know it's like sometimes it just doesn't come together you're like yeah i don't feel like this is it like i got version whatever and it's still not it and so it was the night before I was supposed to speak at 10 a.m. And we had driven, it was in Arizona, so I'd driven lots, busy day and so forth. And I was sitting there and it was 11 o'clock at night and I'm in my bed. And I'm like, God, now would be a really good time for you to help me out and help me figure out how all these notes come together. Because I'm speaking at 10 o'clock in the morning the next morning. And it was so simple. And again, this comes back to trusting God and really listening to him. Is he said, it's the cross. And I went, what are you talking about? And I was going to talk about identity, purpose and assignment, but he just brought it all together in the cross. And so if you imagine and visualize this is that the cross is, is, you know, there's two parts right there's the, the vertical and then there's the horizontal. Well, first of all, identity is our, if we, in order for us to know our purpose and live out our assignment and really understand what that is, is we first need to know our identity. We need to know our identity in, in Christ. You know, who does God say that we are? You know, like I was talking about earlier, we are his children. We are the righteousness of God. We are loved. We are chosen. We are valued. We are, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made God's masterpiece. We need to understand our identity first. And then from there, the purpose is actually the intersection. And I've said this for years, but it was just so beautiful how this comes together. I talk about the purpose. We all have the same purpose in life. A lot of people say, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? Well, I can give it to you right now. Love God and love one another as yourself. Done. There's your purpose. We all have the same purpose. Now that's the intersection, right? That's where the the vertical meets the horizontal. Love God and love one another as yourself. And And your assignment then is how you live that out. That's where it's like, what are the giftings that you, you know, that you've been given the strengths, the the passion, the life experience, all of that. God give you an assignment that is in the horizontal of how, and that's not just about you. That's about your assignment is always bigger than you. And so it is this idea of identity, purpose, the intersection, and then assignment. And, um, and then of course, what is that? What is that cross rooted in? it's the ground, which is the rock on which we stand, which is the word of God. And so if if you try to figure out your assignment without understanding first your identity and your purpose, you're going to be like all over the place. You might see somebody else's and how many people have done that, right? They see somebody else's assignment and they're like, "Ooh, I should do that. That sounds like a good idea. Or, you know, somebody says you should do this, right? A parent sometimes projects on a kid or, you know, lots of things happen, right? Or a teacher says you should do this. And so it's, it's going to be wobbly unless we have that rock and we have that identity, that, that vertical in place, the vertical has to be in place first before the horizontal can ever be in place.
0: Amen love God and love one another as yourself. Very powerful. Now, Nicole, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness?
1: Well, it's just like we've been talking about. I think the first thing is, is most people say to me, what do I need to do more of? It's a, it's really a underlying doing question. And the most important thing you can do is actually spend intimacy with the Lord is to spend time with your maker. And if I imagine most of your audience are, are faith-based, but even if there's somebody listening that doesn't know God, you know, is just, or doesn't subscribe to that or, or Jesus or whatever as the son is, is to just, you know, get quiet with your maker, right. With the higher power, right. And to get, just be still, there's a, you know, there's a scripture of the Bible that says, be still and know that I am God. That's first, you know, how can you live out your purpose and experience happiness? It is in that first spending time with him, listening, not just talking, but listening for to him. And sometimes we, you know, we have this nature, like, you know, this tendency of, of, okay, like, God, I want to hear from you, but like, you got five minutes because I got to go and get ready for the day, you know? And so we're just like, we're on a time schedule with him. But if you remember my story, I talk about seven hours at the beach waiting I didn't hear anything for seven hours until I was ready to pack up. And then all of a sudden I started journaling like crazy and he was just downloading all these, you know, all this to me. So in order to live a life of purpose and to really feel, experience that fulfillment and happiness is we need to be connected to the one that created us. That's first and foremost, because, He's the one who knows you. He's the one who created you, designed you for a specific purpose and assignment. He's the one who loves you. Uh, there's a book that I'm, we're reading right now. It's actually called Marriage on the Rock. And it's by Jimmy Evans. It's a brilliant book. And he actually, you know, he talks about the fact that your deepest needs cannot be met by another person. Your deepest needs cannot be met by something external. The, the place where your deepest needs are met It's really, it's like we all have this place in our heart that is a God-sized void or God-sized, you know, hole in our heart that we need to, that only God can fill that. So if you try to get happiness, you try to get purpose from all out there, you will always be disappointed. It doesn't matter how wonderful your spouse is or how wonderful your kids or your parents or friends are or church community. They will all fall short. They will all disappoint you at some point. The only one that will never disappoint you is God.
0: Amen. God will never disappoint you. Very powerful. Now, Nicole, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Where can the audience find you? Yeah, you can go to leadersatransformation.com is my website. And that's where the
1: podcast is. That's also where there's some coaching opportunities and somebody wants to schedule a a consult with me and talk through their leader. And they're like, how do I navigate this world or want to be a leader of transformation? I'm just not sure how to navigate that. Uh, They can go to that coaching page and there's a link where they can schedule a time to uh, have a conversation with me.
0: Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Nicole on all of her social media platforms and also her website, leadersoftransformation.com. And Nicole, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.